0: And welcome back to another episode where you get to hear me bump my gums and help you try to understand what happens inside of my head, hence the Mind of George podcast. And today, I think this might be episode 57, 58 or something, but I will say without even doing it, it is going to be my favorite episode because it is one of my dear friends, my brothers, my soul brother, business partner, friend for life that I just don't think I could ever live without. And uh, we call him the the vegan Superman. He's known as Lean Green Dad. He's known as C4 Social. He's known as the guy who can break the ice, talk to everybody, bring smile and joy to the world while helping hundreds and hundreds of companies absolutely crush their digital marketing strategy, growing and scaling with a heart-centered approach. So without further ado, Corey,
1: welcome to the show. Wow, what an awesome intro from an awesome guy. Thank you, man. I actually dressed up for you today. I, I, if you're on the podcast listening, I'm actually wearing a, a fake tuxedo shirt. Uh, so, you know, that that's what this is all about. Now, I'm, I'm honored to be here, George. Like, thank you for having me on here um, and, and being part of the Mind of George podcast. I, I listen. I listen to it. Uh, I like it a lot. And so I'm honored to be on it. Are you going to listen to your own episode? I, I don't know. It's weird to hear your own voice sometimes. Uh, I'm not afraid of it. I'll probably let my wife listen to it. You know, and then she'll hang up in the first 30 seconds. I no well, idea. I'll get her now. Hi,
0: wifey. Hi. Hi. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Good to hear you. I hope I hope Corey's treating you well. It's always a pleasure. No, I love it. I love it. And I'm stoked to have you. So the first question, and you probably know this one, if you have listened. what is the biggest mistake that you have ever made in business? And what did you learn from it?
1: Yeah, that's that's easy. I go right to the first thing that I think of. And I'll have you people know, like George didn't send me these questions. I just don't operate that way. I don't want to practice or rehearse or think through them deeply. Um, The biggest mistake I've ever made in business is um, taking things personally. And uh, so I care a lot about my clients and the people that I work with. And uh, sometimes in the past when I would get, you know, feedback, uh, I would take it as a, as a personal attack on me and it had nothing to do with me. Um, and so I think that when we are focusing a lot on ourselves and forgetting the bigger picture, uh, it it derails us. And so I had to get back to, uh, just how can I help? How can I serve? Right. And how can I help whatever this question, this problem that my client, my friend, my partner is having, uh, how can I help solve that and make it more about them and less about me? And uh, that's been, uh, I'd say the biggest mistake, but also the biggest growth for me as a business owner. And uh, i loved every second that uh, every day, I feel like I learned something new and every day I get an opportunity to test myself. I mean, just the other day, I was on with George and my friend Craig uh, from high speed daddy. And, you know, he, they called me out on the fact that I, I violated my, my promise to myself in a sense of, I was going to bed early and waking up early. And, uh, I didn't do that. I slept in the other day. I stayed up too late and, uh, I didn't work out. And so the boys made me do, and they didn't make me do, I chose to do. How about that? I chose to do 75 burpees, uh with a push-up. I added that push up in George. You saw that.
0: I did. I did. I saw you made a professionally edited video to show us too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, you guys made fun of me. I look I just I just spliced them together in iMovie so it's not like it was a big deal. But yeah, no, I I commit recommitted to myself. Um but getting getting back to the original question, uh that is the biggest mistake I've made is is taking things personally and getting you know, I don't want to say emotionally involved, cause emotions are great and it's great to have passion and emotions. I'm not saying being an emotionless robot. I'm saying stop thinking that it's all about you all the time, because it's not. And that that's that's been the biggest thing that I've learned and the biggest thing that I've made a mistake of.
0: Yeah, I love it. You know, Donald Miller captures this perfectly with Storybrand because he says the mistake that a lot of people make is they try to make themselves the hero, but our job is to make our customer the hero, right? And You know, this is something you and I have talked about in depth. I mean, we've been talking about this for three, four years with both of us back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, for me personally, uh, I took things personal because I either had unspoken expectations or like you said, I was doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was like, and I I, I sometimes had to remind myself like, oh, these guys are paying me money, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, oh, that's about me. That's about me. But then there's also a part of me that gets attached to the outcome as well, right? Like I was like, I give it my all. I give it my all. And then they don't give me any feedback or a compliment or even, you know, an insult or whatever the case may be. And by the way, it's not insults. It's screaming for help and sharing and growth. Um, but yeah, so I had to learn really, really quickly uh, kind of like how to navigate it and fill my own tank. And I, I want, I'm want i interesting to hear your perspective on this because for me, what it was – is it was just that, is that I was going into deals and relationships and client work and even these podcasts with an empty tank. And so therefore everything that came out on the other side was done for the wrong reasons. Cause I was like, oh, well I did this podcast and it's only good if everybody listens to it and reviews it. Right. Or mm. I made this for this client and it's only good if they utilize it in a hundred X their company. Right. And so, you know, I had a mentor who said, Uh, Your value will never be predicated on somebody else's execution. Mm. And it took me a long time to like really embody that. But like what are some of the things that you've done understanding that, like learning that lesson? Like if you could go back to the beginning of C4, right, when we were having that Instagram conversation of a hallway of a conference that will not be named on this podcast. And we were having that conversation and you were getting ready like to forecast where you are now. How would you go into – you know, client work, service work, or even your own brand or business, because you have two. And just for everybody listening, Corey runs an amazing agency who runs all of our companies, uh, our digital marketing, our strategy, executes, and he also is the lean green dad. And so he has his hands in both sides of the game. But what would you do differently now, or how would you set yourself up to win when it comes to doing client work or creating your own content? Like, where do you navigate that now?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was I was having conversations with absolutely anyone that wanted to talk to me, and I'm all for helping. I want to help anyone I can. But there's a difference between um, someone calling and having no idea, you know, what they want to do and how they want to do it and just kind of wanting to um, just chat and and literally just chat versus uh, reaching out to an expert who has, you know, years and years of, of experience and a team, a, a full team of, you know, 10 plus people with an average of like 10 years of experience each. I mean, and so I had to pre-qualify who I was going to have conversations with. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. And I don't want to sound like an a-hole here. I'm not saying like anyone l- listening to this, please don't be afraid to reach out, right? But I have a couple questions that I need to ask business owners before we talk. And it's more for them than it is for me right? These are questions, very simple questions. Um, Things like, you know, what is your profit margin on your product? What is your product? Who is your potential customer and what are their pain points? What do they want to learn? You know, George talks about this all the time, whether it's the captain's assessment or, you know, an avatar evaluation, whatever you want to call it, guys, you have to know who you're talking to, why you're talking to them and how you want to help them. And if you don't know those things, um, you're not, you're not, I'm not ready to, to take money from you. It just doesn't work that way. I want to be able to send you to some other resources like this podcast, you know, like a, like a show that I'm going to be starting soon. That's just helping business owners that are just starting out. Mm -hmm. And you know, the biggest thing for me is I don't want to be one of those agencies that takes advantage of people that don't know what they want and sells them on a bunch of fluff stuff that they don't need. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't use big words uh, on purpose when I first start talking to a client. I don't um, make them feel like they don't know anything about marketing and I'm this like master guy that's going to trick you into paying me tons of money. That's not how it works. I got to go to bed at night. I got to be able to sleep, you know. Mm -hmm. And so these conversations that I have after someone answers a couple of these questions and I decide if I'm going to be kind of the right fit to even have a discovery call with them um, would, would be listening. And what a shock, right? (laughs) Listening to the business owner, listening to the client, the potential client and asking them one question, how can I help? Mm -hmm. That is the question. Not, hey, let me tell you what marketing services you need from me to make your business 10X and then dropping all the names of everybody that I've worked with. Because guys, listen, I've, (laughs) it's funny. I say, don't drop the names of the people you've worked with. And I'm going to drop names right now, right? Because
0: if, well, if you don't, I will.
1: Okay, listen, when you talk about Disney and Fox and Amazon and Netflix and Ford, like I've worked with all of these brands, right? But it's not the thing that I'm going to drop in someone's face right when they start talking to me. Um, If they ask for a case study, if they want to go deeper into that stuff, I got you. I got you. But the biggest question is how can I help? And I would say qualifying and helping them understand the answer to some of these tough questions before I talk to them would be the most important thing because the last thing I want is twenty minute a 20-minute conversation that is, hey, what's your name? Where do you work? What's your website? Let me check it out, right? No, I want all that garbage to be out of the way so that when we do talk for the first 20 minutes, you can walk away with a crap ton of value that will help your business whether you work with me or not. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about.
0: Man, I love it. I, I'm getting Corey into Corey mode. I love this. This is like, <laughs> fired up. He must have had some vegan coffee this morning. It gets my heart I, I, going. I I, and, and so um before I get even any deeper for everybody listening, I'm just gonna recommend this right now. Um find Corey at C4 Social. It's c4social.com, right? The number the yeah. letter C, the number four, and then social.com.
1: C4Social.com. Yeah, I, I, I can't
0: stand those podcasts that like you wait till like you're eight hours in to be like, oh, and this is where I go find them. I'm like, God, no, like now. Like you need to know who you're listening to. Like, go you're listening you can open your phone and go to his social you can go to his website go get ready for his podcast we go live on every client platform in the world but like go find Corey Corey Warren either lean green down if you want some delicious plant-based recipes that you can eat and I'll watch or <laughs> <laughs> or or C for social and um Corey I have three things that I want to dive into based on what you said and and um before I do that goes at the end of the episode uh I I asked Corey to kind of come on and I said, Hey, at the end of the episode, can we give everybody the three most important things to help them succeed no matter what? And he said, yes. And so at the end of the episode, he's going to be sharing like three to four things that are absolutely required for you to maintain your business, build and scale, and even have a chance to succeed based on hundreds and hundreds of experiences and companies that he's worked with. So yes, you have to stick around to the end. And so here we go. This was my favorite part, Corey. The moment you said, you were like, oh, what's your name? What's your website? It reminded me of the old chatbot days with AOL Messenger ASL. Like, what's your age, sex, and location? I'm yeah, 22. That. I'm a dude, and I live in Massachusetts, right? Like, that. it's the new way of doing that now, and it and it doesn't work, like, whatsoever. Yeah. And what I loved, I loved about what you said, and and I thought of a tweetable, a quotable, you know, whatever you guys call my Georgism sometimes, but you know, one of the things that I think you embody better than most people that I know and work with is that you allow the results of your beingness to be your testimony. Mm. It's not about the results of your clients. It's not about your case studies. It's not about anything. Like you allow your beingness in the experiences and touch points to be your testimony. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest differentiators for people that are listening to this can do in their business It's like, it's so easy. And I fall prey to this, right? There's days that I'm insecure. There's days that, you know, I'm stressed and somebody's like, you know, my favorite one, because I message everybody that adds me on Facebook, right? And I get 25 to 40 requests a day now and we approve everybody and we send them a message. And the first message is like, thank you so much. I am super stoked to connect. How can I support you? And normally 10 to 15 of them come back with, well, what do you do? And my response is like, well, why did you add me? But I don't say mm-hmm. that, right? But there's times that I want to be like, well, I did blank. and Because I, I get emotionally involved because I care mm-hmm. so much. And so I think it's an amazing, amazing testimony to how you do this and everybody listening. Like we get to allow the way in which we interact to be the testimony, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't buy the best product or best service. They buy the best relationship. And that first touch point, that first touch point, sets the entire paradigm for what the context of the relationship is going to be. So I love that you said that. And I think one of the other things that I really want to dive into, because you and I have worked on this a ton, and this applies to everybody. Uh, One of the mistakes that we see all the time is that people get customers too early, too early. They convince them to buy when they're not ready. They convince them to come in when they're not fully indoctrinated and you nailed it. And it's not a, It's not, I don't want to talk to you, right? But if you get on the phone with somebody before you have all the information or they've discovered it, you've set your both up to fail and you're not being what you teach. If you sell a supplement to somebody who doesn't have the habits or lifestyle to support it, you've set them and you up to fail because now they're going to have a negative experience and not achieve the results, right? So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about, so obviously from an agency perspective for you, right? But take the agency out of it. Can you talk about like, we've talked about this before, but how you see that now and how important it's been and how you kind of go about navigating that to make sure that you're serving people at the right level. And then even if they don't end up as a customer, that you're leaving it better than when they came in.
1: Yeah. Um, there, there's two things I want to touch on that you hit earlier, right? So like, let's talk about Scarface for a second. Okay. Al Pacino and Scarface, do you think he has to prove to anybody like who he is? And he's going to like, he, I'm, I'm a badass, like I'm, I'm Al Pacino and I'm this guy and I am Scarface and I'm the man. Like, no, he just is the man, Mm -hmm. right? And so like when you talk about embodying and like proving and stuff like that, like any agency or any quote unquote competitor or whatever that I go, you know, and, and might, you know, talk to, or I'm sorry, not talk to, but compete against for business, right? I compete against people all the time. There's RFPs and stuff. I actually don't submit um, proposals. Uh, It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird like that, but um, because I believe in providing that value and and letting the work speak for itself. Yes, I have case studies. Yes, I have uh, examples of work on our website and stuff like that. But that's that's the first thing. I, ha- I had someone that I was talking to the other day, and they said that uh, basically the, the price that I had for them was too expensive. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm fully transparent here. Okay, I'm gonna just drop the number. I'm not gonna say the name of the person, but. It was 6000 a month that I was proposing for something, okay? And it was a lot of services, and it was going to really help them out a lot. Well, um, they said, that's too expensive. And I went, awesome. And I knew right then, this was the wrong fit, right? Because you want to know how much one lead would have gotten them as far as revenue goes? $12,000, mm-hmm. okay? So I knew hands down that I would have brought them 30 leads that would convert at around $12,000 per month. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a math wizard, wizard George, but if you're spending $6,000 to make 30 times six, what's 360, that? 360000 Okay, so that's a lot of money, all right? Um, is it expensive then? No. The problem is that person didn't value, appreciate, or respect, or even on a very basic human level, like have the, the decency to have a conversation with me, right? And like you can hear little Corey taking it personally a little bit right there, right? But- That's what I talk about, about like, you got to look at the big picture guys. And you'll, you'll hear these in the three, in the three tips here at the end, but you got to look at the big picture. Yes. So let's talk about ad spend, for example, right? $3,000 or a hundred dollars a day. That's super expensive. It might be for some people and it might be for not, not be for other people, big brands, who cares? They're spending millions a month, whatever. Don't even talk about what political representatives and like government officials and people in elections are spending. Forget about that. But $3,000 doesn't become that expensive when you make three times the return on ad spend. So if you're making 9000 off a $3,000 spend and those are new customers that are going to potentially come back, especially if you have a consumable, that $3,000 bucks is not really looking like that much, is it? Mm-hmm. Then you want to scale from there, okay? So that's that's that little bit that I wanted to chat about real quick. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but – Well, it's okay. Um, before, before you jump again, I think what's really important too – Is
0: And thank you for acknowledging, like, you take it personally, because I want everybody to understand um, there's no finish line in this game, right? Like, we have awareness, we get grounded, we're having those great days, but there's always going to be times that, like, it sneaks in, right? It gets in, it smacks us. The key is to recognize it and move forward. But what I think is important to understand, because we talked about this a couple minutes ago, that, like, they have to be ready to come in, right? Mm -hmm. And they have to be. and. There's times that I struggle. Like, I invest in things in my business, and I'm like, I don't know if I can spend that. And my brain, like my logical brain, knows that 60 days from now, it's going to pay off a thousand times, right? My physical body's having a reaction. My fears are coming up. And I'm the only one that loses in that situation, but it's not really, it's still a learning lesson, right? And so, the reason I think this is so important because you do this, right? And you said this earlier, and I don't want it to get passed over because it's something you and I both do. The moment the distinction comes that this is going to be a no or that they're not going to commit, you immediately shift the lens from, okay, this isn't about closing a deal. How can I add value and leave it better than when I found? Which is the way that you become a magnet and they will come back or tell their yep. friends about it. So I just wanted to make sure that we, we hit that because it's such an important topic where I watch people walk away at the L, right? And I was like, "It's only a L if you quit. If you understand that no is not no permanently, it's just no right now. That could shift in six minutes when you're like, okay." And I've seen this happen, by the way, because you know, I I'm just like Corey, Corey, and I do a lot of the same stuff. I don't send proposals. I hate making them. It's a waste of time. I'm like, tell me what you want. How I'm going to help you? This is exactly what it'll look like. We'll record the call and like, let's go. And I've had people I've given my price to and, and like everybody knows when I work with some big companies, it's $50,000 a day. And so companies have paid me $100,000, hundred and fifty grand, and yeah, they've come in and made $10 million, $20 million, $50 million, right? Some of them only made three hundred grand, and they were like, yeah, this was worth it. But one of my favorite ones, and Corey, you said this, I've closed more deals because of how we show up when they're like, oh, we can't do it. I'm like, okay, fine. Well, I have 30 minutes left. Let's just get started now. And they're like, what? I'm like, well, screw the deal. I was like, I got 30 minutes in my calendar. What can I fix right now? Remember on the call, you told me you needed help with the email. Hit record, get out your notebook and let's go. And I'm like, let's walk through a buyer fulfillment sequence. And sometimes they're like, wait, no, 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 I, I can't. I'm not, I don't, I don't want you to pay me. I don't, right? And they'll come mm-hmm. back an hour later, six hours later, a month later, right? And I had one, I had one that came back nine months later. Like I had literally forgotten about them. And I mm-hmm. was like, hey, it's fine. Not a good fit. Let me help. And we spent that hour designing their business, their path. They call me nine months later. Like, we did everything you said. Now we'll pay you. And yeah. I was like, whoa, right? And so it's it's really important, right? Like, the, it's never a game over. It's never an end. It's a not right now, not right now. And, and you're really yeah. good at that. So I just wanted to make sure. Like, I'm sharing an example, but Corey embodies this at a level that is impeccable. And so you can go back on your tangent now.
1: No, thanks, man. I think that I didn't tell you guys how the conversation ended. Um, After I figured out that they were not the right fit, I immediately switched to how can I help them? They're not the right fit right now, but how can I help them? And there were two people on the call. One person who I'd worked with in the past um, that went through some hard times, had to step away, and then they're coming back now that they're in a good place. And he had a business partner and the business partner had never met me. So this is a 20 minute discovery call. And so you know, we real. I, I realized she's the one that was like, "Oh, it's too expensive, whatever." And I'm sure he was embarrassed, right? Because he didn't know that that was going to happen. And so, um, I said, I said to her, I said, "Listen, I know, I know we haven't, you know, had the opportunity to meet and talk, but over the two years that I've worked with your business partner, I think he knows who I am and what I stand for. And this offer extends to you as well. If you need anything ever, as you're going to try to find your partner that is going to work with you." And you need maybe some fact checks, fact checking, or maybe some, you know, uh, just thoughts or knowledge because they were being sold on like YouTube advertising at like a um, hundred dollars a month or something like that. They're like, oh, you should spend a hundred dollars a month on YouTube advertising. I'm like, oh, awesome! That's really gonna get you a ton of results. You know, it's like, and then how are you gonna measure it? Like they had no no answer to any of these questions, but. They're going to go try to find a cheaper option, right? And mm-hmm. that's good. I want them to do that. Mm-hmm. And then um, at some point they're going to come back, and they will remember that I, I said, you know, hey, reach out if you need anything. And it's funny. After that conversation ended, I got a private text from my my contact, and he thanked me for my time. And it couldn't I couldn't have had any better result than him saying thank you for hopping on the phone with me and extending that you know, that to me. So that was really cool. Um, let's see, there was, oh, okay. In docking. All right. So if you are a brand, like I'm talking about this from agency stuff, right? But I'll, I'll just give lean green dad as an example, because it is my brand, right? Lean green dad was a hobby. Don't get me wrong. It, it's still very fun for me. And it just brings me so much joy to feed people vegan food. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. But Um, I never really monetized it. I never really thought about that. I was like, I'll think about it. I work with some brands, do some sponsor posts here and there. So I started this thing called the lean green meal plan and it works, it works really great. And I said, you know, I know this is going to be cool because I'm speaking to people that just don't have enough time. No friggin' rules, no specifics, no anything like that. And so we talk about investing and it being scared. You know, how can I advise companies to invest in ad spend and things Uh, Now, look, we're able to very quickly make the ad spend pay for itself and then be profitable. Like that's, that's my game as an agency, like very quickly, but it wasn't the case so much with, uh, with the lean green meal plan. It took a month and a half or two for it to be profitable. And, um, I was investing a lot in my own ad spend. I mean, I want to like close to $5,000 a month. Right. (laughs) And that's a lot of money out of my own pocket but I'm like, if I don't believe in my own self, who the hell do I believe in? Mm-hmm, right. So, mm-hmm. so I went ahead and did that and it's already profitable. I mean, it's uh, recurring revenue is, is pretty crazy. It's far exceeded, you know, what I've spent on ad spend. So it's doing well and it's working. But if you think about, you know, lean green dad and its purpose, and I want you to apply this to your brand guys, like my job is to help people eat healthier mm-hmm. and On a plant-based diet and to make a plant-based diet easy. If I can make them believe that eating a plant-based diet is actually easy and I can show them how to do it and it can actually taste good, not like cardboard, then um, I win. And if they get the meal plan, that's cool. If they don't get the meal plan, that's cool too. And so every recipe I do – and I want you to think about this with your social media posts. And I learned this from George. I want you to put all the value in the post – don't make them click through to get the damn recipe. Just put the whole recipe right there the ingredients, the method. Because I promise you, there's a thousand other recipes out there that are just as good as yours, and you are not the first person to think of an original recipe for a plant based cheesesteak. Okay, I just posted this the other day, it like blew up like crazy. It was, I know it's a weird. I I, don't, I feel steak, like I feel like
0: you right? can't say plant-based cheesesteak. Like, it just feels like a sin to me.
1: How about Philly? Can I just say Philly? Uh, yeah, just
0: call it, you can call it a plant-based, plant-based Philly. A plant-based do you use Philly. like mushrooms instead of the meat?
1: No, there's multiple levels you can do. You can use the Gardein fake meat if you want, or you can use tempeh, or you can use just veggies. I mean, it's up to you. It depends on where you're at in your plant-based journey, right? Like how strict you are and stuff like that. You can use mushrooms, I guess, if you want, whatever. But the bottom line is, whether the person buys or not, they got the value in the social post and they will come back to me and they will see it. And you know what? If they don't, they'll be retargeted by my darn good Facebook ad strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's all its all connected, folks. And then you think about the whole process of helping people, you know, whether it's a lead magnet before they even come into my world and see that recipe and I'm offering them the top 10, you know, vegan or plant-based protein sources – and then, you know, they end up watching the video and then they get a couple emails and they get retargeted with a Facebook ad and they buy. After that, you know, like George talks about with the buyer nurture sequences, again, you're giving them value. You're just here to shine your light, as George says, and be there, guide them and help them get to where they want to go on their end result, whether they buy your product or not. That's, that's, that's this whole game, people. That's this whole game. Just be a good person, work with integrity, work with value and, you know. Just focus on helping people and everything else will take care of itself.
0: So I want to I wanna have you dispel a myth that I see on the internet all the time because there's nobody better to talk about this because I see this all the time. Uh, I'm ready to scale. I just need traffic. I'm ready to scale. I just need traffic. And I was like, if you were ready to scale and you just needed traffic, it would be coming because if your offer was that good and people were converting that well, everybody would be knocking on your door to send more traffic. It's never a traffic problem, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on that, Corey?
1: What does ready to scale mean to this person?
0: Yeah, so, so um, this has been happening. So just so everybody knows, this has been coming a lot up in my world recently, right? And Corey and I probably talk like, I don't know, eight times a week, right? So we stay pretty in depth together. But I keep getting these messages and these things like, hey, I'm selling like five a day. I'm ready to scale. Like, I just need more traffic. I just need more traffic. And without even looking at it, right? Understanding the way the digital marketing works, affiliate marketing works, right? When offers convert, the marketing handles itself, right? Like mm-hmm, companies mm-hmm. don't accidentally scale, right? Like mm-hmm. you watch these and you're like, oh, they're a unicorn. They must have spent a ton in ads. I was like, no, most of it was done themselves because of word of mouth marketing, the results, they speak for themselves, right? And so, you know, for me, I believe I I, like it just came to me so much and I I didn't have a response to it. And then I started thinking about it. I read Justin Goff talked about this because he's releasing a new course. Um, And it's a really prevalent thing that's been happening for years where, you know, there's this context that like the only thing stopping me from scaling is traffic. Mm. And I was like, well, not really, because if you're making five sales a day, that means in 30 days, there's 150 customers that went through And if no one of them are telling any of their friends, there's a deeper problem, right? If none of them are standing off, if if none of them are are standing on the rooftop shouting your name, there's a deeper problem, right? Like we talked about this earlier, right? Like you can pick one path in your business. You can be the business that talks about how great you are, or you can be the business where everybody else talks about how great you are, right? So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, that's, that's what I am actually. I'm, I, uh. Some people might think this is foolish and they'll hang up right now. But like, guys, I, I don't advertise my my marketing agency. I don't advertise at all. I don't have any ad spend. It's all word of mouth. Word of mouth is the most powerful form of marketing out there. And so my clients actually recommend me to other clients. And then um, the people that, you know, bring bring clients to me are people that I know and trust and love and, you know, know what I'm all about. And so it's a, it's a little different. You're not going to see a a Facebook ad with my Lamborghini in the background, like showing you how much, how much money I made on the latest transaction, like taking a fake screenshot and manipulating it in Adobe to show you like some upward, you know, trend that doesn't really exist. Uh, so I think that, you know, before you can quote unquote scale, right? Like cart before the horse kind of thing, like get, get focused, get, I've got a client that has uh. a, a product that cleans walls, okay? It cleans walls. Like it's it's ran, it's random and weird, right? But it sells itself and I'll tell you why, okay? Um the traffic brought itself, all right? So I think they're making like $90,000 a month now on this one product mm-hmm. that cleans walls. And you know what everybody told me? They were like nobody's going to buy that. I've never cleaned my walls in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, in the world of cleaning solutions, um, it's pretty, it's pretty saturated. It's pretty saturated. There's a lot of cleaning solutions out there and there's, you know, maybe even cheaper options. Who knows? But how many times have you seen someone cleaning their wall? Like never. And why would they clean their wall? Well, it's an opportunity to educate, right? Well, I have a so, three-year-old, so
0: I clean my wall a lot.
1: Well, did you also know that a sneeze travels at hundred miles an hour and has a 25 foot blast radius? I actually didn't know that. How many times have you sneezed in your house, right? There's sneeze product, there's sneeze, you know, snot on the wall and there's dog dander and maybe there's a smoker there in your house. Maybe somebody has bad B.O. Who knows? But anyways, the product alone is incredible. It stands on its own. And, you know, we probably spent, you know, a dollar for every dollar we we made like four dollars and that was absolutely ridiculous. But what's happening is customers are coming back and they're leaving reviews that are so authentic that I could never think to to leave the things that they're leaving and it's on the product page. Mm -hmm. So you talk about marketing taking care of itself and traffic taking care of itself. Even in some of my Facebook ads, people are talking to each other in the Facebook ads, tagging each other in the ads. Hey, Stephanie, this is the one I bought. No way, this is wicked. Does it really work on your walls? Well, totally, I use this mitt and it's a perfect color. Oh, but it didn't get this out. Oh, well it does. And then the brand chimes in. Well, to get it out, you could do this. Oh, thank you, what excellent customer support. I mean, people are having conversations in the ads. It's unbelievable. So you do need traffic. Traffic is necessary, but it's not the main thing. And just like we talked about, it's not a guarantee that you're going to sell anything. You've got to know that the three things that we're going to talk about at the end here coming up are going to be the most important thing for you because you've, you've got to have these three things before you can even talk about scaling and and your ad spend and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, that's what I think about that.
0: I'd like to say that that company is where it's at because they had heart. They cared. They created a better solution for a problem. And then Corey and I both touched this company and now it's skyrocketing because they were open and willing to take what they had and put their ingredients in the right order. And it's been mind blowing to watch what happens. And I didn't expect it as well. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) we did what? huh? I was like, okay, well, that tripled my projections. So I'll take that all day, right? But I <laughs> yeah. mean, it, it's really, really a testament. We talk a lot about word of mouth marketing, right? Like, you know, I've quoted the same number. It's way more now, but I know it's more, but I stick with my 85, 80 to 85% because it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the most neglected conversations in brands. Like when when we work, one of the things I like to ask myself is if this is what I put into the world, And somebody buys it, what are they going to say about me? What Mm. are they going to say about my product? What are they going to say about my experience? And I watch all too often people being like, as soon as they get the credit card, they're done, right? They do everything to get the sale. And I was like, yes. But if you don't give somebody something to say about you, either with direct words or a direct experience, then you're leaving that up for them to choose to say whatever they want or nothing at all. And Mm. all of it comes down to customer experience, fulfilling Mm -hmm. on what you promised, adding value agnostic of their credit card, understanding just like all of us. Like the other part, Corey, and I think you saw this well because obviously we talk customer journey a lot, but we literally expect our potential customers to take a different buying journey than we take in our personal lives, right? Like. Mm. When was the last time you're like, oh, I need a new product? I know what I want right now. Buy it right now. No. yeah, But yeah. yet we'll go flip it and we'll be like, okay, I have this new product. I'm going to sell it. They see it once. They got to buy. They see it once. Yeah. They got to buy. And so what are your thoughts on you know, kind of creating a container, right? Uh, I have two questions. But I'm going to start with this one, right? Because in, in your world as an agency, you're representing companies, right? And you're having to know things and be somebody that you didn't start, you didn't found. But I think – one of the reasons that you are successful as you are is because what you think about is you think about wrapping a 30,000 foot container around that entire brand. Right. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that, and protecting that customer on that journey. So can you talk about like what's important to you in that area and like how you think through that?
1: As far as containers go, like how do I, I feel like I'm getting blinded by my own. Do you see like a light blasting on my face here?
0: Just a little (laughs) one, but you're fine. It it just, it's a good highlight on your face.
1: it's It's blinding me anyways. Um, as far as containers go, like you mean like how I – Like how do you how do you go it? about
0: looking at a
1: customer journey? Because you don't go out and you're like, okay,
0: we have the product. Let's run an ad to sell it, right? Mm-hmm. So like what are the things – like what are some of like the tangibles that you think about when you're thinking about that customer journey, right? Like is it I produce content on the front to add awareness. I let them self-select. You know, if they don't buy, this is what we do. Not yeah. necessarily the tactics but like – what are some of the questions that you ask? Like, I love that in your company you do good words and bad words. You pay attention to your right. customers. So like what are some of those non-negotiables that you need to
1: basically guarantee at worst somebody has a positive experience with the brand? Okay, I got you. All right, so the first thing you want to do, guys, is, is if you do have customers, you want to ask your freaking customers. What they think of your brand, okay, and the words that they use to describe your brand uh, and their experience with your brand are going to become your marketing ad copy, of your potential ad, um, you know, pieces of content and uh, and and everything. So that's the first thing to start with, right? And I think it's important, I don't know if you follow like the whole 80-20 thing, George, right? 80-20 rule in general with products, like 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your SKUs or whatever, right? I mean, there's a lot of brands that we've talked about in the past. It's like they have hundreds of SKUs, but two of them are responsible for 90% of their revenue, right? And we know who we're talking about. Yep. But it's like, that story is over and over and over and over again. Any brand that has had a major amount of success, it started with one or two products. So, you know, survey survey your people, that's the first thing. The second thing is like, maybe go find out um, and and become a member of Facebook groups where these people are living and talking. And look at how they're they're chatting. Now you're gonna have to earn your space in that group. You don't wanna spam the group. I'm not talking about going in there and being a ninja and spamming the group or something. I'm talking about just getting some value, um, providing some value, and just like, engaging in the conversation you know, earn your little coffee cup badge that you get as a conversation starter or like you're high with the new hand, little symbol to say, I'm a newbie and and ask questions and do it for several weeks. You're just going to learn a ton. Um, But then the process with me, it's alarming to me how many brands that I start working with that have been around and are doing millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars in revenue a year, and they don't have one cohesive brand guide and way that they speak about their brand. Right. And the things that we just talked about from the survey and the groups, um, that's going to help fuel how you speak about your brand. And I'm not talking about font colors and fonts and styles and stuff like that. That's fine. You can do that in 30 seconds. I'm talking about, you know, what do you do? What does your brand make? And then how do you speak about it? What standards, what quality standards do you have and why do they matter? Why does it matter to these people? And then, um, you know, if you had one line to describe your brand, how would you do it? Do you have a story? Is there a story behind your brand? Maybe it's, uh, you know, a short story, a medium story and a long length story. Like all of these things are so massively important because as you're creating content and, you know, I talk about this good words document I have. It's an internal document that um, after I meet with a brand, I onboard them. Uh, it's the longest meeting I'll ever have with the brand ever, but it's two hours. Okay. And during this two hours, I ask some really weird questions with every single team member on the call. Like if you imagine, it's kind of like a George intensive that happens over three days in a two hour period. And so they leave this meeting and they're just like, holy cow, I never thought about some of these things, you know, and those things, the way they answer like it's being recorded by two different people with two different brains on how they think. One's like a marketer, one's more of a wordsmith, and that turns into the brand guy within 24 hours after we talk, you know? Mm -hmm. And then from there you can create all the content and everything like that. But asking tough questions, surveying your, your existing customers if you have them, and then getting involved in groups and places where they hang out is going to be massively important to help you understand that customer journey And then George has a couple resources that you all have heard of before, but, you know, evaluating the pain points, what it looks like before they meet your brand and what it looks like after they meet your brand. Now, keep in mind, I didn't say after they buy your product. Mm. I said after they meet your brand. Okay? so before they meet your brand, what's their pain point after they meet your brand? How are they feeling? Right. Because feelings are super important, because if you're developing content ads and writing copy without emotion involved, then you're failing. Okay. So those are the things that you need to think about and everything has to be customer centric. We don't talk about how great the brand is without talking about the pain point that that person is going through and the benefit. And I'll just say not the benefit, the level up that your product is going to provide because you as the brand, your job is to help these people. You're going to help them get to their desired result. Your product is just a level up or makes getting to that end result a little bit easier. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's that.
0: I love it. I love it. You mean that a feeling isn't my products on your shelf or my, you know, thing is on your counter. And what, right. what's nuts is like we can think about that and all of us can go open our phone right now, scroll through our Instagram, scroll through our Facebook and see ads or content that we would click on that all invoke story and all invoke emotion. And by the way, guys, I did an amazing podcast with Elia on storytelling that you should all go listen to. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is that we get that when we consume it, right? We get that in theory But content without this and content without this plan does the exact opposite of what actually converts because Mm -hmm. it's focused on the product. Like people don't buy features and benefits. They buy the emotional afterstate, the feeling, the problem that it solves. And what I think is so important about what you said, and you said this without saying it, is that you can't go out into the world without – Designing a blueprint and pouring a solid foundation. You have Mm -hmm. to go figure out where people are. You have to empathize with them. And then you have to utilize that to create your message in the world so you have congruency, right? And the example I always use is Nike's just do it, right? And I always love saying this. I was like, when was the last time you saw somebody say, maybe I'll do it, or I'll do it later, or I might not do it, right? No, it's just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it. But it doesn't say just do it if you buy my shoes. Just do it if you wear my clothes. And I think that's so important because I see this a lot. And and I made these mistakes as well. It was like – and I still make these mistakes because everybody expects and I expect that like because I know when I've done the research that the first time I read a headline or the first time I record a video, it's going to work. But the truth is that I have to rewrap that thing as many times as required to meet people where they are. But it's never about the product, right? And I've made these mistakes recently. It's like, oh, here's my nine-step. I'm like, what am I doing? No, no. Here, you'll have an end-to-end customer journey designed for you in under a day, so you'll never have to do it again, right? And there's a big distinction and a difference there. So uh, what are like the three biggest mistakes that you see companies making right now when it comes to digital marketing?
1: The three biggest mistakes, uh, and these are not – are these my three things? No. Okay. These are not my three things. Um, the three biggest mistakes that I see are one, they make decisions subjectively. Okay. So they say things like, "I, I, you know, I personally really don't like, you know, cleaning my walls. I feel like that's a waste of time. So why would I do that? And because of my feeling, I'm going to not advertise that product at all. Right. That's a huge mistake because you don't know what's going to work. And if you go out there and you look at, I you don't know, there's a couple companies that pride themselves on selling like ad, um, you know, software and stuff like that to make it easier for you. All good, like cool, but they spend tens of thousands of dollars testing things. And one article I read was like, "What's the best copy length for a Facebook ad?" And we've we've surveyed thirty marketers, and here's what they thought. And then here's what it actually was based on the tens of thousands of dollars of spend. Complete opposite, Mm -hmm. right? Like all these marketers were like, oh, it's short. Just short one line and then the content sells it. That's one, okay? And then the other was like six paragraphs of description and then the content. The truth is all of it's BS, okay? Because um, it depends on the product, all right? If the product's easy to explain, yeah, let the content speak for itself. Like I'm pretty sure you know what a shoe does, right? A shoe goes on your foot and you wear it. Like You don't need to explain a shoe, but you know, like if you have some kind of supplement that is weird that nobody's ever heard of before, maybe you need to explain a little bit deeper through six paragraphs why and have great content because content's always going to matter, right? So there's no right answer to that, but you can't make decisions based on what you think because that's always going to be skewed. So look at things objectively, all right? Um, the second thing is, again, big, broad statements like we don't do sales, right? What do you mean you don't do sales? Everyone does sales. A sale is something that's on sale, not discounted, right? So like you can do a discount, but you need to understand how much it's costing you to do that discount mm-hmm. and if it's still profitable. And maybe it's not profitable. Maybe you're trying to acquire customers at cost, new customers at that It pays for itself. A self-liquidating offer. Maybe that's good enough for you. That's awesome. We see other people do it all the time, like free plus shipping, free plus shipping. That's fine. If that's your goal, that's good. But you can't just say like we're never going to do a sale or we don't believe in this or that. Even if you're a premium brand, okay, there's still a way. Like don't, don't even use the word sale, okay? Call it value, all right? Give a tremendous amount of value. Don't take anything off of it. And just put like a ton of really great products together, knowing your profit margin on those products and just give it away as a great value price. Maybe you don't even need to show you don't want to be in a discount culture. Don't get me wrong. OK, so like I'm not saying take your hundred dollar product and exit out and put like only five ninety nine. Right. Like, what is that doing? <laughs> like nothing for you. But there's ways to still provide value without being on sale. So think about that and don't just say that you're not going to do that. Um And then I would say the third thing, I guess I'm just coming up with these, right? Would be like going on autopilot and not measuring things on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have monthly ROI meetings uh, with my clients and we have to walk through things that matter, like numbers, okay? There's things that are really pretty and cool and like things that get posted on the social feed. Like, look at this pretty picture. Isn't it like so amazing? My team graphic designed that. Oh my God, it's great. Yeah, that's cool. So like- How did it perform engagement-wise compared to the other things that you've been posting on my account? And why do you feel like we should continue doing that or maybe stop doing that? Or, you know, hey, check out these. We wrote 15 emails this month. Oh, man, they were so great. What was the open rate? Oh, well, it was 7%. Oh, so congrats on wasting a ton of time. That didn't do anything and no one saw it. So why did you do that, right? So evaluate things frequently. Don't be afraid to look at numbers. Don't be afraid to ask tough questions. And don't be afraid to hold people accountable. Because you have to keep pushing people. Agencies go on autopilot all the damn time. I love it when they do that because it makes me look so much better. Well, you have, <laughs> to,
0: you have to push people and hold them accountable. We have to push ourselves and hold ourselves accountable, right? If you can't measure it, nothing moves. Yeah. Everything is a blind Really, really bad decision because there's it's not based on anything that's there, right? Like we have to have feedback. So Mike McAllowitz talks about this and fix this next, right? With his business hierarchy of needs, like every 30 days, like looking at it, like what are the goals? What are the targets? How do we hit it? How do we not hit it? Like, I'm back on Instagram now. For those of you who don't know, I decided to get back on Instagram and I am on Instagram like a Machine right now. (laughs) Um, And I've probably changed things 40 times in the last three weeks because Instagram, if I'm going to be on Instagram, it's not about me, it's about you. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I have to figure out how to capture attention in a feed, get your attention, identify where you are, take you on a journey to better serve you in your business or life. So I'm using pinks and yellow backgrounds now where before it was pictures of being black and white. I'm like making carousels when I used to just make images. I'm making stories that I didn't used to do, right? Like, and the thing is, is like, I have to look at it. I'm like, did it work? Did it not work? But here's the secret. When it doesn't work, you don't keep doing it. You're like, mm. oh, let's try something new. Let's try something new, which is actually we're going to cover uh, at the end when Corey shares his three things for you. But Corey, there's a lot I know about you, a lot I know about you and I love every single thing that I know about you what is one thing that nobody knows about you that you've never shared on an interview or publicly Hmm. I always love this question the amount of silence I get is heavenly
1: the silence is good it just means you're okay with silence is it something that you know? Because you really know a lot. Is it okay if I share something you already I, know, or you never
0: know to... whatever you want, man? It's yours.
1: All right. Listen, uh, I'm super proud of something that only less than 0.1 percent of the population has done. Okay, and that was an Ironman triathlon. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I never really talk about it anymore because the truth is, ooh, this is a double thing I haven't shared publicly. I used to be Iron Dad, guys, okay? But I received a cease and desist from the Ironman Triathlon, which is so funny because I was so proud of it and I was talking about it and they were like, so I knew I made it right then and that's how Lean Green Dad was born because Iron Dad was Lean Green Dad before that, okay? And so I completed the Ironman Triathlon is the first kind of one that bridges into I received a cease and desist from (laughs) Ironman, which is like victory, But then I got I got this tattoo. okay. this is my Iron Dad tattoo. And if you are listening on the podcast, you can't see it. But it's basically the Iron Man M dot with a dad underneath and a a necktie. Okay, my sister made it for me and I had it put on my arm. And so that's something that I don't really talk about or share publicly. Uh, (laughs) But it was pretty awesome uh, to get. I I don't want to say sued. I wasn't sued. I just received a season to six.
0: I think you did an amazing job at marketing because you did what our job is to do, which is to get their attention,
1: right? <laughs> you and know what they offered me to well, take it down? Uh, a free admission into the next Ironman triathlon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Look at them. I didn't, like, I didn't do it. Getting <laughs> in. So just so everybody uh, knows, an Ironman
0: is a three-mile swim. Uh, a hundred and what's it, what's it come out to like 112?
1: It's, it's 140.6, 100, okay.
0: 140 mile bike and a 26.2 mile run.
1: No, you got the first two wrong. So it's 2.1 mile swim, 112 mile bike. Oh, it and, was
0: 112. That's what I thought. Okay.
1: And a 26 point five, whatever marathon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 26.2. So it's a 2.1 mile swim. I forgot to swim. Cause that was always my worst part. And then 112 mile bike and then a 26.2 mile run. Cause you're a madman and I'm proud of you. And Corey is one of the most humble dudes I know. So he never talks about himself. So I'm proud of you for sharing that. So thank you for being a super dad and iron man, uh, getting a hey. desist letter, being a master marketer. Um, I have a question that I ask everybody because it's really important to me understanding the value of relationships But when you think back about like your life or your business, like where has the power of relationships had like the biggest dramatic positive impact for you? Could be an instance, could be a moment, could be anything.
1: Um, I was sitting across from, uh, one of the, I'll just say biggest leaders, uh, from one of the biggest grocery chains ever. Um, I was come out like I'm not going to say who it was, but it was whole. So Whole Foods Market has like some big juggernaut leaders, okay. And I was at dinner in Austin with uh, with one of these leaders, and there were so many opportunities for me to further my personal career by pitching a couple things to him, uh, and by uh, just having his undivided attention. And um, I didn't talk about anything except the food that was right there, um, his family, and I did a hell of a lot of listening again. And uh, old school Corey probably would have forecasted how I was going to go in and what angle and how I was going to pitch this and say this certain thing. But guys, I got to tell you, like just being present and listening and calm and being who I was and showing up as Corey uh, with that that sunlight like inside of me, that energy ball that radiates out to other people served me way better than any strategic relationship manipulation that could have furthered my career. And that dinner was a turning point for me. And every single relationship that I have with anyone going forward is a genuine relationship. And you want to talk about the difference between C4 Social and anything else out there we pride ourselves on relationships you know relationships speed algorithms as george says relationships are everything to my agency and they are now everything to me as a human being and the people that i associate myself with uh feel the exact same and that's why we're friends and that's why my clients are my clients yep and uh if you're not the right fit, you're not the right fit.
0: And I will say it's not a relationship if it's agendized, manipulative, or deceptive. That would be any of those definitions. And so proud of you, man. So I think it's time. I think it's time we give everybody the gift. I think it's time. So, what are these things that people can take right now? And if you're listening to this, Remember the time hack. If you don't have a pen, if you're driving, do not take notes. Take mental notes. If you were sitting there and you can write, write these things down because these are going to be extremely important for you to be able to help you move the needle in your business and set you up to win in the future. So, Corey, uh, let's have your zone of genius, my friend.
1: All right, folks. There's three things that you can do right now that will help your business move forward. The first is knowing your why. Why are you doing what you do? Because if you say that it's to make money and be rich – uh, it's probably not a good goal. I want to challenge you to change that a little bit. Your why is something that's tied to your family. Your why is something that's tied to your inner motivation. Your why is about more than you. Um, who are you trying to help and why? If you don't know your why, and I'm talking deep down, if you, if you don't know how to find your why, just try talking to George. He'll pull it out of you. Okay. Might be with a couple tears, but it's worth it. Okay. So that's number one. Number two and that's intangible that that's intangible. you like you can't really like touch that, know your why, right? So I'm going to give you the second one, which is a more tangible, okay? And that is know your cogs, your costs of goods and services. If you have a digital platform like Lean Green Dad that sells a digital meal plan, your cogs are very low because they are things like my time. How much time does it take for me to build? Um, the meal plan each week. And it is custom built each week. Trust me. Um, You know, but how much is your time worth? You should know that. That is a cog, right? That is a cog. And then, you know, the biggest thing, like I'm serious guys, like a spreadsheet, an actual sheet with formulas in it that maps out every single thing that you have, because I've put together offers for companies before that um, they were super excited about. We blew it away, but they had a 10% profit margin. What? why, what? Like you can't do that. The profit margin was so low because it cost them so much to ship their product. It was a unique product, but still like, no, back to the drawing board. Don't start your advertising until you have a cog sheet in place.
0: I think I know and what it, that company is, right?
1: Uh, no, uh, yeah, it was bread. It was bread. Oh no, yeah. I, I do know that one.
0: I do know that one. They,
1: they yeah. were small. Okay. Yeah. So cool. Whatever. Um, okay. So, that's that. Oh, yeah, you're talking about ice cream, right?
0: Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, the other that one. That <laughs> one
1: too. Good Lord. Don't even get me started. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So that's two. Know your cogs. Um and number three. Um don't okay, this is big, guys. Don't do things the way other people do things just because it's the way that they do them. You don't know if they work or not. I think everybody knows you can go to the Facebook page and look at page transparency and find the ads that competitors are running just because they're running ads doesn't mean they're successful and doesn't mean that you should just like try to do the same thing you need to have your own twist on it and you need to not doubt your own brilliance okay you have ideas you have great thoughts in there test them out be original like do something yourself i'm not saying you can't copy the model or the format because maybe something has worked and you can see how long an ad's been running it's been running for eight months, clearly it's profitable and maybe you should do that. You don't need to recreate the wheel, but you do need to infuse your own excellence and not do something the way that someone else has done it just because that's the way it's always been done or that's the way it happens. Like this game will only work if you flip it on its head. Mm -hmm. This game, you will stand out by caring more. Everything George does, like you stand out because you care more, outcare your competition. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about outspending your competition or you know getting to this first or you know whatever. Just just outcare your competition. Mm-hmm. Those are my three.
0: I love it, I love it. yeah and it actually when you when you talk about that carve at the end, you talked about this earlier, right? Like you can copy and paste all day, but it never works. I watch people rip funnels and rip ideas and rip products and then they get pissed that it doesn't convert and I'm like, of course it's not going to convert because it's not you, it's incongruent. It doesn't match your morals, your values, your customers and your journeys and you get punished for it. Right. And so, you know, the whole thing forever has been model genius, not copy genius. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like the thing is, is like if we know that like this is like the three steps to start a car, well, great. You need to follow those three steps, but you can do it at your speed, your way, whatever. Right. So what you're looking for, and this is what I challenge people all the time. What you want to look for is you want to look for the foundation, right? You want to look for the things that aren't um, changing every single day, right? Like best principles, right? It's like, oh, no. Oh, they have an ad that not that it says this or it does this in the video that like, oh, it's a piece of content that adds value without a call to action. And then, oh, it leads to a, a blog post that doesn't try to do anything, right? Don't copy the blog post, but be like, wow, I wonder if my audience would respond well to this video for five minutes that's all value-based and then goes to a blog where I help them put it into practice, right? And you're looking for the principles. Don't don't try to match everybody's wrapping paper or try to forge their signature, right? It doesn't work, right? Yeah. But you know that like certain things and certain processes work because that's how customers respond and that's human psychology and that's what you're going to look for. So Corey, those are absolutely, absolutely amazing tips. And so just for everybody wondering, again, Um, I want to make sure that you understand Corey, Uh, find him at c4social.com. And and listen, I'm pretty direct with everybody that listens to this. Some of these things that Corey shared are things that not a lot of people understand and they miss them all the time. And Corey and I have worked with thousands of companies combined. And these are the things that get in the way of companies succeeding. And sometimes it's hard to even see them because it doesn't hurt bad enough until it's already too late. And so utilize these things, put them into practice, take one thing from this episode and put it into practice. So Corey, um, I just want to give you the floor, anything you want to say, closing thoughts, anything that you want. You can go full Corey. We can pay, 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 pay bop, whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my time here in the spotlight has to be about someone else. Okay. So like my, my spotlight, I'd like to use to just say thank you to you. Okay. Because, uh, you're changing people's lives, man. You've changed my life. You changed a lot of people's lives that are listening to this podcast and uh, you just keep showing up on a daily basis, man. Um, you know, I sit here and I talk about all this stuff that I know, but a damn lot of it comes from the man on the other side of this microphone. So, man, you're, you're, you're an inspiration to me. You are an absolute fucking genius in my opinion and uh, everything you do, the way you show up, the way you care... It's, it doesn't go unnoticed, and uh, I've told you this before, but there's not enough people out there that take the time just to say thank you to you, and uh, you're the man, dude. I'll wear your shirt all the time, and I will totally be honored and and proud to be associated with you any day of the week.
0: Thanks, man, and for those of you listening, uh, you don't see the tears <laughs> running down my face right now,
1: but those of you on video,
0: I'm trying to silently cry over here. <laughs> oh, Thank you for putting my measuring stick into place, my friend. Thank you for uh, for doing it. And thank you for being here and everybody listening to this. Uh, I, Corey's a walking testament to what happens when you play the game the right way and you play it the long way. And there is no short game success. And, you know, there are definitely days that, like, you can win a play and you can win plays all day and still lose the game. And so play the long game. Play this the right way. Add value. Make sure you're improving upon the silence do everything in your power to ensure that people succeed in your world and everything you touch is improved upon. And that might mean sometimes saying no, honoring yourself, honoring your team, honoring your commitments and honoring your customers by being the one willing to hold them accountable when everybody else is trying to take their money. There is no way to lose this game. And I think it's something that all of us should focus on. So Corey, absolutely honored and just, I'll just use the word flabbergasted. I feel like, tubular super fralicadulistic expialidocious to right now (laughs) so um thank you for being here my friend everybody go check out Corey. and this has been another episode of the mind of george show and so until next episode which will be monday and monday minutes so you better listen to it for a couple minutes and put it into practice remember that relationships will always beat algorithms and go try Corey's vegan cheese steak thingy majigger because i'm not going to That's all I got, guys. Thank you for being here. Have a beautiful day, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review. If you like me, actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined, but I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this, and I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys, and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it, but our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family, I want to be in a relationship with you, and I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have. Our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing, marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.